I want to thank Freddie, that was fabulous. And uh, thank you. Yeah, we're all in for a treat. And I'm going to go right to it and introduce our main speaker, Laura from Springville. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> My name is Laura Ann, and I want to provide you today in August 10th, 2006. And, um, I, I'm from Springville. I, uh, one of the reasons I got sober, or one of the reasons I drank, I'm sorry, is because I felt uncomfortable. I felt like you weren't going to like me. And I wasn't going to be able to look you in the eye, and I wasn't going to be able to be what you wanted me to be. And so it was so much more easier for me to drink. Right now, if I had to drink, I'd be really comfortable. Because I bet, you know, it's, when you're in a comfortable situation, it just seems to lose some attention. But one of the things that AA has taught me is I can like myself, and I can go through situations, and I don't ever have to drink again. And drinking did not solve anything, it masked a lot of problems that I had, and it definitely made disasters, bigger disasters in my life. Um, I grew up here in Slurry, and I uh, started drinking here in high school, and uh, I, I wasn't real popular, I wasn't as popular, but I had a hard time talking to guys and to girls. And so drinking made me become, in my mind, what I thought I could become, popular, um, very social, you know, and it really didn't matter what I said or what I, what I did because the alcohol did it all for me and it, and it worked. And alcohol worked for me for about a year. Uh, it, didn't, it hadn't always turned on me. Um, I went through a couple of marriages and I drank a lot and then I was quit drinking. And I wasn't going through blackouts a real lot at that time. But uh, we would go to the bars and we would go out and we would have fun. And it would be on the weekends. And so I would get up and go to work the next day. And I wasn't losing anything. And I was holding my job down. And I had to, you know, I was being the responsible person, paying my bills. It was all just fun, you know, go out, get a new dress, go dancing and meet people. And that was okay, you know. But, um... As we progressed, I had a boyfriend that owned a bar here in Tulare, and I would work until 1, one in the morning when my dog was at, I had the same dog, and when I got off, I would open the bar, I would stay up all night doing with my friends. And, and I'm going to mention right now, drugs are part of my story, but I'm not going to talk about them, but the same feelings that I have when I did drugs, I don't know the difference between the feelings and the disasters that I created between that alcohol and drugs. It was the same hopelessness, the same despair, the same craving, the same everything. So I would stay up all night long and drink, and I would be afraid to go out the next morning because I thought it was going to melt in the sun. And my life was just slowly spinning out of control. And so a lot of you guys perform the aggressive. And I perform years. <laughs> I do that well. You know, and, and I had two of those already over here in Tulare, so I had a boyfriend that was a partner, so I thought I'll go to my stage and get me a cousin. <laughs> and I went to the bar. 
And uh, the guy that I met there, it was Keelan's night, Don Keelan's night. And uh, he was there for a baseball tournament. He happened to just be there. I happened to kind of like live there when I could. And, uh, and, and you know, I was honest with him. I told him, I said, you know, I've got this boyfriend that owns this bar and I can't quit drinking. And if you want to be with me, if you'll marry me and save me, I'll go with you. He's breathing in his eyes. He's breathing in his And so, you know, that's how we started that marriage out. And, you know, bless his heart. He really tried to, tried to stick with me on that. And there would be periods there where I would be able to maintain sobriety. Well, uh, there would be periods where I would be able to maintain on drinking for like a month or two at a time. And we would take, you know, you have a drink for a couple months, so let's go celebrate. And we let go <laughs> So we would go to the kids and we would go through the wine, wine tasting and everything. And then uh, I would black out. And I would not remember what happened. And I would come home and his step would be moved out or his step was tore up. And he's like, why are you asking this way? And I'd be caught up if I wasn't. You know, I wish I knew what that magical part was where I drank one too many whiskey or I drank one too many tequilas. You know, I would try to balance it out. You know, well, that tequila be more glass time, so I'll go over here to whiskey. And, and sometimes I would black out and sometimes I would be perfectly fine. But I never knew which time was going to be which. And then, uh, and there came a time when he said, do you think you're an alcoholic? And I said, well, hell no. I'm not in the gutter. You know, I don't live on the kid row. I have a tip my pants on this. You know, I don't care what you did. You're like all the best people that lie when I'm very anyway. But, you know, uh, it's just an achievement for me. I hate this all so, uh, you know, we went on a little bit longer, and, and it, it lasted for about four years. And, and I've got to tell you, I really love this guy. I really did. And uh, we went, we went wine tasting on our anniversary, and that was the last time I ever seen him. And he made this untrue. I'm out of here. And that gave me the license to go full tilt into go full tilt into drinking and doing what I wanted. And I had parents that uh, had enough money to enable me, so I, I really didn't have to worry about paying the bills or losing a house or, or anything, because they were going to catch me when I was falling. They didn't let me go homeless or any of that. And then, um, as my drinking progressed, I had to find people that drank like I did, that went day and night, day and night, you know, my, my friends that went out with me on the weekends and went dancing, well, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to hang around with somebody like me now that drank with hardcore night, day, night, day. And when I was up, my whole thoughts revolved around, where am I going to drink, what am I going to get to drink, who am I going to drink with, where are we going to start, blah, blah, just drink, 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 you know, what am I going to do? And then... And usually it came to a point where my parents had to start backing off and letting me go because I would walk into their house and in my mind what looks good in their house looks better in mine. And so I would just take off with it and put it in my house. And it could be their money, it could be their life pictures, it could be whatever I thought. <laughs> Your imagining it. And I come from 
a family that you don't mention it, you don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. So they, they don't, they didn't acknowledge that I had this problem. And, and if they did happen to mention it, I'd say no, and that would be a big problem. So, um, I didn't they asked me not to come around the house. And then um, my mom would come to me and give me money on the side. <coughs> my last two years of drinking, I hit rock bottom, I'm going to commit suicide. And that was the person that had always bailed me out. That is one of the secrets that, that helped bring me down to the bottom that I thought I would never talk about because I blamed myself for it. Uh, the last words spoken to my mother were angry words, they were cut words, and her last words were familiar with that. And I wish to God it was different, but it's not. I did not kill her, but there's a little bit, there's a lot of pain. There's not so much blame anymore. I'm able to do without without drinking. When this happened, I spiraled into living with people that drank and used hard life ideas. And in this program, they'll tell you that some people live for others, and some of the guys that others can live. One of the people I lived with has died. That I'm living. I got in trouble. I got arrested, and um, I'm in jail. And um, that was my new idea before. I didn't do well there, and I'm a whiner. I'm a little white blue. I hated that orange shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, when they offered to let me out, and if I would do a program, I immediately jumped on that. You know, I immediately said, okay, I'll do that. And so they said, well, you've got to sign it, you've got to get on probation, you've got to test, you've got to go to the And I was like, hey, I was last time I ever drank, but I was like, and I rolled out the gates and the jail, and the nearest liquor store, we stopped that. I was drinking, you know. I was like, all right, I'm drinking, the party is on. And, uh, but I didn't enroll in all this stuff. I enrolled in it, and this is part of the insanity of the disease. In my mind, I'm thinking the judge should be really grateful that I'm not drinking that much. My test is not as high as what it used to be. This is what I need to maintain. I know what the judge is doing, this is what I need to maintain. I thought, you know, if you were me, this is what you need to maintain the lifestyle. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll say, hey, that's a big improvement. Well, he didn't see it that way. He didn't see it that way at all. He did. He <laughs> <laughs> turned it over 15 years yet. That's more than anybody in the program has ever turned in. I'm going to give you a choice. You can go to prison now for three years, or you can go to a home. Now, I knew that I was not going to be able to do prison. And I'm going to tell you, when that happened, there came a point that day that all the hopelessness in my life hit. And it was hopeless. I lived to drink. The day was not good if I didn't drink. I didn't know any other way to survive anymore without drinking because I spent so many years in 
Drinking has always worked, so I thought if I drank more, it would be better, it would be even worse. I was now in trouble and getting in more trouble. There was nobody to help me out. I was afraid to come to home because I knew there were going to be other girls there that hated me. And I had, and it was, it was fear of unknown. I had no desire to go. I had no desire to go to meetings. I just wanted my life to work out for what it was. I just wanted to be able to take some drinks and have a good time again. I did not want to change. But I did not want to go to prison. So I fell down on my knees and I said, God, help me. I am so And uh, they gave me exactly six hours to get my stuff together and go to that home. Yeah. Mind you, I became a supervisor at that home later on. I know they give other girls a week to go in there. I was like, what the hell is that shit telling me? Six hours. I knew you would run. I mean, and I went in there, and I finally was around several people after 25 years. All the people I was with were they dealt with. Nobody else around was sober. So I went in there, and I learned to go to meetings. I learned to get up and make my bed. I learned to say please and thank you. I learned to cook. I learned to show up on time. But mainly I learned to go to four meetings every week, day in, day out, day in, day out. Didn't matter that I didn't understand what you guys were saying. Love, 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 So I'm not one to leave, so I'm like, okay, I'll get this on. And uh, I see this little old lady at the meeting, and she did the cutest little thing, and I thought, ooh, I'm going to pick her because she looks so sweet. She's not going to know what I'm up to. <laughs> her name is Cheryl W. She's from Porterville. Her husband is Hal. She had a lot of years. That she's a little angry, not she is what she was. <laughs> 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 and I was her last baby. Uh, she did. This is how she, she, she's worked one, two, and three with you within a matter of minutes. You know, she says, do you believe you're an alcoholic? So life is manageable. And she helped me. You know, you might not find your higher power to believe that I believe right now. But she said, we want to get support this kid then. And I'm like, okay. And so she said, you go home and you write, write down your things. Everybody you have written in again. I go, really? She goes, yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm supposed to take you home. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a notebook for this. <laughs> and I call her and I say, can I write down the judge? She goes, oh, you can write down the judge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you can I write down my mom, my dad. Yeah, you can write down all of them. It don't matter. And I wrote them all down. And then she says, okay, the next step is we're going to find out what your pocket is in. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I don't have a part in this. This is all their fault. <laughs> and so she would call me once a week and she'd say, did you write down your part? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> she showed up to my house. Mm. A couple weeks later, she says, grab that notebook, we're coming to my house, and you're sitting at the table, so you're done. And we did it. We did it. Uh, the things that I thought I would never tell anybody, and a woman at that, a woman. 
And Lou and I didn't trust. But I was either selling their boyfriends or they were selling my boyfriends and we would double cross each other. You want me to tell my innermost secrets to another woman? Come on. But I did. And uh, bless her heart, he thought he just, he kept me. Now, she, she had an answer at the time. And what I learned most from her was that I could be here from this one of the questions. My sponsor I have now is here tonight, and I have her every since then. And she had a sponsor. And she came and she helped me through this because she knew that I felt too guilty to ask somebody else to sponsor me because I have a sponsor, yet she's gone. And I need somebody, because I'm still a I'm only nine months over, and I need somebody to help me because, you know, I understand to take care of my sponsor now. And she has a lot of the same things that I've been through. And uh, so I was able to be there for sure, and I was able to stay there with her till her last breath, actually. That's the first person I had ever been there for through my whole life. The most important thing this program has given me is honesty. I can look at myself honestly. I can tell you the truth honestly without being hurtful. But me, I can tell myself the truth. I don't have to hide. I'm a person that would never acknowledge anything that was going on in my life. Things are bad, know they're okay. Things are falling apart, know they're okay. You're bad. You know, I mean, I was just never, never honestly. So when I got my next sponsor, I said, let's work a really big fortune this step. And um, she was there for me. And, she, and, and, and when people told me that the steps were going to help set me free and keep me sober, I thought, how did you live the life that I did? You haven't went through everything that I did. Those 12 steps are going to keep me sober after 35 years. Just doing that. Well, doing that and being willing and honestly doing it, so he doesn't mean. Am I willing? <laughs> I'm not always willing, you know. I I had points where I told my sponsor, and, and I have this kind of relationship with her where I tell her, I'm not willing to do that. And she was like, okay, living your misery. <laughs> I'm like, and I will, I'll stand like that for a couple of days and I'll call her and go, oh, what should I do? <laughs> and then, you know, there's been times when she's given me advice and I've turned around and did the complete opposite. Got my ass in a mess, but I know to call her up and can't talk to her. Okay, look, I'm in a mess. I should have taken your advice. I'm not sure if I can take your advice, but just how do I get out of this mess now? <laughs> <laughs> I had an great support group and I know some medical stuff here, and that's really terrific, and guys, I, I, I know from other meetings, you know, but I have a wonderful support group, and they say, well, you can tell how well you are by the people you hang out with, and if you're hanging out with people that are partying and working in half out program, or that are bitching about everybody else in the meeting, well, you're kind of going to get that. If you're hanging out with people that are happy, that are set free, that are going to be, well, that's what you're going to get, too. You get those people that have that sparkle in their eyes. There's a lot of things that I didn't want to do in this program. They, they say, oh, they gave me my life back. Well, I'll tell you what, I never had a life when I drank. I thought I had a life, but I never had a life. AA has given me a new life, 
is giving me a completely different life. It's giving me a way better life than I could have thought. But not every moment of it was wonderful. There's parts that are painful. There's things that, that we go through that are part of life. But if you're working these steps and you're hanging out with other people, your life evolves. You know, you don't always see it. They say, well, you don't see the changes in yourself. You don't always see it. But your life does change. It changes by by working out, by hanging out with sober people. When I first came in here, I hang out with people that were still drinking. And I'm here because I drank with them. It was easy to come down. They came up with my one year birthday. They set out flyers. They were going to have a party. And my whole thing was I had to get up in front of the whole thing and say, you know what? I drank. But I was able to be honest and give up my flyer. I agree. I just said, well, I'm glad you're accepted that one dream. <laughs> and it would have always been like that. It would have always been like that. It would be one more life in my life. It's like this program gave me a chance to be honest with myself. And I owe it to myself to have that. Because by being honest, I used to find out things that I like. You know, there's a lot of things that I like. You know, not all of it's bad. Not all of it's hard work on the There are things that you're going to find it. You know, I'm inside of it, and I love it. Love it. Kind of think sometimes that's what I do like. My sponsor can tell you, but I don't know where <laughs> <laughs> But there are things that I try, you know, in my surprise. but I knew what she might want me to be, and I needed what she had a lot of time, so I had to become that person. I could never just be me. And I liked him most of the time. You know, of course, I always have doubts. I like to be 20 years younger than 20 years You know, I'm okay. I'm okay. And my friends, my friends will tell me I'm okay, and they'll tell me when I'm not. I am... We're going through something a while back, and, and there were things that were upsetting me that were happening in my life that were not major disasters, but instead of trying to find solutions to them, I was living in a disaster. I, and I was loving that drama because being so this year, I don't have as much drama as I used to in my And you'll listen to them talk, and you'll hear that they have solutions 
Because it's for that, you'll remember it. And when it happens in your life, you'll use it. If you're new, I suggest you find somebody that shines to you. Somebody that, that you see that you, that you're, that is not like you, but somebody like you want to be. That might have something that you want. That's what I did. I went and got grabbed a somebody that had something that she was looking at people, she was shaking hands, she was talking, she was having a, a good time. And I thought, I want to be like that, I want to be free, I want to be free. And it happened, you know, but it didn't happen overnight. I didn't happen overnight. Ooh. Oh, wait, <laughs> I am a treasure at the death level meeting. And uh, that keeps me at the meeting. It keeps me there coming to that same meeting every Thursday. I've been going to that for three years now. People know me there. Uh, they know if I'm happy or not happy. They know about my life because I keep going to that same meeting. You need to go to the meetings regularly where people can get to know you. You know, it's really good to get in there and then people get to know you. It's like my grandfather said, if you're in the middle of AA, it's real hard to fall out on the edge. It's <coughs> like in the middle. You just stop going to meetings, even though you don't feel like it. Of course, you feel like it doesn't look great. Another service that I'm involved in is like a waitress up at the Springfield Breakfast. I feel about once a month. And I've done that for three or four years. I know a lot of these people, like Rick, Colton, and them. I know they're from the breakfast. You know, they come up there. Things that were, that were sticking in my mind are like, keep it simple. I keep this program real simple. There's some people that make this program harder and that, that works for them. But there's a lot of things that I just keep real simple, like my higher power. I thank him. I do meditate. I, I use a book to meditate with because I'm not real good at staying still for minutes at a time. But I use the language of letting go. Prayer is important. It is important to thank. Well, no. It's important to thank whoever you, somebody other than yourself, for helping you get so far. Keep coming back. They always say that. He's been to the idea as well that, that, you know, it's hard to take over if you're not in meeting, if you're not hearing these things, you know, if you're not more like-minded people like you are. You know, if I go to a normal place and I start asking about my answers about what I do about going to my marriage and the bar a normal person, so what the hell? <laughs> they wouldn't find that funny. I'll call it, oh, we need that to buy it, you know. Because it's true. We can relate to it. Coming in here and talking about it is the best therapy in the world. My sponsor and me are still real close, and I still talk to her. Usually, lately, it's been three times a week. Um, I'm going through some things, some changes in my life, and I have some major resentments. Well, I have some resentments against a couple people, and I may talk to her about it. And she could, you know, she could see my side. She could see, she could see the whole view. And I thought this is going well. 
But she says, and I said, you know, this is, this is what I think could happen if this and that. She says, okay. And she says, you know, it's about compromise. And I'm like, yeah. And then she says, and, and I said, what? And she goes, freedom from bondage of hell. <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> well, there's, there's, in the deep, there's this story after freedom from bondage of self. This is where you pray for the people that you begin that they get all the good things in life that you would wish for yourself. Now, you think I felt like getting on my knees? I think, who can have all that good stuff? No. And I told her that before. I said, I don't feel like doing that. You had me do this before. She goes, did it work before? Well, yeah. That was for that situation. <laughs> this situation, I'm right. She <laughs> goes, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because you don't have the luxury of holding the thing. You don't. You know, I don't. I don't know if you do, but I don't. It'll take me out. That's all I know here to hold it. So I'm now at that point right now, my recovery, where I'm on my knees once again, praying for this, all the good things in life with those people. And then, you know, it'll get better each day. I'm willing. I'm willing because I don't want to go back to what I had. What I had is not anything I ever wanted again. It, it was no kind of life. It was its own private kind of hell. If I go back, I'm sure that I'm going to land in even more trouble, probably in that prison. And things aren't going to get better. And if I drink over a problem, I'm going to drink over anything. And if I drink the problem that I drink over, it's not going to be long when I get sober. That same problem is still going to be there. And I'll probably make it worse because I'm a blackout drinker. I usually cause more problems. So I just learned to keep plugging and up and not change. I'm happy to be in the day. I'm on fire for it. I'm in love with it. I'm in love with my life. I'm grateful because this morning I'm calling coffee to them and I'm grateful that you showed up. I mean, you know, one of the days is going to be you got your tears during it. And this is what keeps me sober. And that's what keeps you sober. And they're listening. <laughs> but they'll come to the point where you'll be up here and I'll be just sit there. Thank God. Thank God. And I'm just not going to be able to do it before, but I thank you for showing that. Thank you.